<clears throat> Hope. That's what we're looking at today. And there's a lot that, that could be said in this passage. But I'm going to focus on this part that comes in verse 3 and 4. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And I want us to hold this question in our hearts and minds right now, and that is, where do you look for hope? Many of you were, were here on uh, the 26th of February, and if not, you've, I'm sure you've heard by now, most of you, if not all of you, that um, I've had a bout with cancer. And I told the story of how this was discovered through Linda simply asking me to pick up a box. And that led to a back injury, which led to sleepless nights and a whole lot of pain and a trip to the ER on a Sunday morning back in November. And that trip to the ER required a CAT scan that said my back was okay, but your thyroid is not. You better have that checked. And that led to surgery on the 9th of March that took out my entire thyroid to remove cancer from my body. And I'm very thankful, of course, that that happened. And it went really well. I will say this, three weeks this side of surgery, I feel much better than I did prior to surgery for the last several months. And this is something I'm very thankful for. But that's not where I base my hope. Many of you during these days have prayed for me, and I thank you. And I appreciate the love and support that, that you've given to me. Uh, so many times over the years, I prayed for many of you and, and people in your families that, that maybe I never even met. But I do that, of course, and I lead that prayer, and, and we pray for one another. But this time I was on the receiving end of that prayer. And I'm so th thankful for the prayers. And I'm thankful for how things turned out. But that's not where I base my hope. As I look back on these events that has transpired in the last several months, I think about how God guided me, or, well, was it God guiding me? Did, did God cause my back to get hurt in order to find out that I have cancer so it could be cured? And before you answer that question, consider this. How many of us know people in our lives who've had cancer? How many of us know people in our lives who died from that cancer? So as I consider what happened to me, and I am genuinely thankful, but did God directly intervene to make that happen? And if so, why didn't he do that? For all those other people. 
I am thankful. But that's not where I hold my hope. This question does point to some very deep things. Sometimes when people are going through times of suffering, they use phrases like, well, God is in control. His ways are higher than our ways. And those are good verses to point to, or at least ideas that I think point to Scripture. And when they're said with, with a genuine attitude of trust and faith in God, they can be helpful. But sometimes they can be said just to slap something on a difficult time that we don't want to deal with or can't understand or, or don't have an answer for when we think we should have an answer or, or feel uncomfortable because someone is suffering and we don't know what to say, so we say something. What I've experienced is a blessing that I found out and I'm humbled by it. I'm not going to go shout in the streets, look how God saved me. He made me have a back injury so I could get rid of the cancer. Now, that sounds kind of exciting, but again, what about those who didn't get that blessing? And why am I so blessed? When we pray, what do we hoping for, obviously, the, the content of our prayer, the person, and the situation that, that we're asking God to, to intervene in, to change, to adjust, to heal, to soothe, to make better. And as people of faith, as people of prayer, we need to do that. But if we honestly assess I don't know about your life, but if I assess all the prayers in my life, how often are they not answered? Or at least not the way I asked. Especially when it comes to physical things. Especially when it comes to disease and cancer. I do know of some people that have, have had miraculous intervention even while the cancer was pretty bad and things change. And, and so I'm not saying don't pray. I'm not saying don't believe. But we also have to, to hold it honestly and say other people were prayed for and got better, but my friend, my loved one didn't. Didn't we pray it right? Didn't we say it right? Didn't we have enough faith? Wasn't the collective faith of all the people who prayed for me or my loved one in that situation. Wasn't that enough, God? You see, the outcomes of our prayers is not the basis of our faith and not the basis of our hope. It's like, I only believe and trust in God if I get what I want. Is, is that how faith works? Is that how the things of God work? It really all comes down to some really big questions about the sovereignty of God, about the will of God, about, um, about the place and purpose of prayer in our lives, about, about when and how and if and why God intervenes at all into our lives. And I don't have the answer to all of those questions, but one thing I do know for sure, what we share in common in this room and anyone watching at home and anywhere else knows this is true. 
no matter how well you try to avoid it, how hard you avoid it, no matter how good your insurance, your health care policy, no matter how um, vigilant you are in locking your doors and looking both ways before you cross the street, in eating healthy food and exercising and everything else we do to take care of ourselves as best we can, to protect ourselves the best we can and those that we love, suffering is going to come somehow, someday, some way, I guarantee it. And so will death. So if our hope is that we pray really hard, then we never have to suffer is that an honest prayer, an, a, a prayer, excuse me, maybe not honest, a, a prayer based in reality, okay? God's reality, our reality. We are sinful people, broken people in a broken world with bodies that break. So suffering and death are part of the deal. So what I dare to say this morning is to look at suffering through a different lens. Not something to be avoided. Certainly we don't welcome it. We don't say, yay, I have another trial to go through. <laughs> but when the difficulty comes, whether it's something we could see coming or we're blindsided, and all of a sudden, bang, we're there. Where's God? Where is God in the worst moment of your life? Where is God in the worst moment of your friend, your loved one's life? Pastor Paul got an intervention, I guess you could say, about his cancer diagnosis. How come my friend didn't get that? And we have these tough questions for God. And I got a big long list. I mean, let's face it, the world's pretty messed up. And if God is in control, well, sometimes it feels like he just let go of the steering wheel and we're all careening down a hill heading for a cliff, God, because there's, there's hurt everywhere, there's struggle everywhere, there's war, there's gun violence, there's gun lust, there's trouble. All around us. What are you doing, God? Take control, will you? Come on. And those are the big things that we have very little control over, but we narrow it down to our own worlds, and still we feel out of control. Still we feel like we don't have enough control. God, why don't you control it better than you seem to be? Because suffering produces character. Excuse me, perseverance and character from perseverance, and then comes hope. Jesus, as we look at in what's called Holy Week, Palm Sunday is kind of the kickoff of the week, you might say. And as I explained to the children, Jesus came into Jerusalem knowing that within a few days, he's going to suffer greatly, more suffering than any human being has endured. And he knew it was coming. And somehow he was able to enjoy the moment on Palm Sunday. I think that is so beautiful. 
And there, there is a pause during the day where he's, he's kind of looking at the city as he approaches it, and his heart breaks for what's going to happen. Not to him, but to them. These people who aren't getting it, who don't understand yet, who don't know what's coming. Within, within a generation, that entire city was going to be destroyed by the Roman Empire, ripped apart completely, including and especially the temple. And he knew that was coming. But he still was able to enjoy the shouts and the praises. And isn't that the way our lives are? In the midst of suffering and difficulty and what seems like coming tragedies, we are also able to be thankful. We are also able to, to sing praise to God like we had this morning, that the choir did beautifully a moment ago. Because life is always that, isn't it? It is a mixture of joy and suffering. It is a mixture of, of, of trouble and celebration. But the place of suffering in our lives, and the answer to the question I said a moment ago, where is God? Well, he's in it. Because what Jesus did in his own suffering after Palm Sunday a few days later, as he is unjustly arrested and accused of a capital offense that would lead to his death on a cross, he willingly let it happen. He could have intervened at any time, and he chose not to. And he's, he's whipped, he's beaten, he's punched, he's mocked, he's got a, a, a crown of thorns thrust on his head, he's laughed at, he's spit upon. All that happened before he even got the nails in his hands and put up on a cross. All that happened as an expression to, to you, to I, to all of humanity, that God has come and has willingly chosen to suffer, to allow suffering in order to go into death, the ultimate suffering, and come out the other side alive. That's Easter, Resurrection Day. That's what we celebrate, not just next Sunday, but every day of our lives as a believer is Resurrection Day. But you don't get to the happy day on Easter Sunday, resurrection, if you haven't gone through the death first. You don't see the hope of Sunday without the pain of Friday. And that is true in all of our lives, isn't it? We need to persevere through suffering. And we can look to Jesus and how he persevered, but then we can also look to other people. Who in your life inspires you? Is, is it the rich and famous, the people that everything goes their way all the time and they don't seem to have any troubles? You know, is, that, is that who you look to? Or is it the people that, wow, they've had it tough, but look at them, they're still standing. Look at them. Yeah, it hurt. We know it hurt. But boy... Look at that. They still have faith? That's inspiring. There's a big word you may be familiar with, the incarnation. It's what, another word for what happened at Christmas. God became flesh. And we say that about Jesus. He became one of us and died as the worst of us to save all of us. And 
So the incarnation is about him, but you know what? It's also about us. Paul writes in Galatians 2.20 that I am crucified with Christ, and yet I live, and the life I live, I live for the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Because the ways of God have to be more than just ideas, like right now that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. We look at it in the Bible, and we, 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 we hear it, and we understand it right here. And that's good, and that's important. But you know what? It's got to be embodied. It has to be. We, God knows that, that we are people that, that need more than just good thoughts and deep truths that we can think about and ponder. He knows that we need something tangible that we can see and touch, and smell, and taste. And we see that in other people. And we, when, when you embrace the friend who's with you in your struggle, that's a taste of the incarnation. It is Christ bringing his love to you through them. That's perseverance. Persevering together and helping one another in it. This is how God uses suffering. Does God make suffering happen specifically to make a point, to teach you a lesson, to get your attention? I don't really think so. I just think suffering is so inevitable in our lives that sooner or later, if this doesn't wake you up, something else will or something else will or something else will. And God waits patiently for you to do so, to respond, to turn differently than you have before. Because the world tells you, in fact, the world wants to hand out big old permission slips when you're suffering. And, oh, you're going through a rough time. Oh, yeah, go ahead and be really angry and just resentful and, and hateful. Go ahead, because you have a right to be. And God says, well, that's not helping you. But I have a better way. Persevere through it, and as you do, it builds character. It builds something in you that nothing else gives you. And if nothing else, the, the purpose of, of the specific chapter of my life in these last few months about a cancer diagnosis that thus far has turned out good if that somehow helps someone else when they have or are facing something similar, then I praise God for that. And I'm glad that I suffered so that someone else in their suffering can cling to hope. Not just hope of getting better, but here, here's the key thing. It, it, it's not that God is going to rescue us from every form of suffering. It's that God is with us in it. That's the key thing. And that's where the hope lies. The hope doesn't lie in outcomes. The hope isn't that I prayed about this and I got exactly that. Praise God, I now have hope. Well, it can help with hope, but the ultimate hope, the deepest hope, is the kind of hope that Paul identifies in 1 Corinthians 13 as one of three things that last eternally. Faith, hope, and love. And so you might say it this way. 
no matter what happens in your life and my life, no matter what form of suffering we are facing now, yesterday, or tomorrow, faith, hope, and love will withstand the test of any suffering. So when I go through disease, Christ is there with me. When I go through oppression, Christ is there with me. When I go through rejection, Christ is there with me. He's not out there on the sidelines cheering you on. Come on, Paul, you can do it. Hang in there, buddy. No, he's with me in it, and I know that because that's what he went through. That's why God sent his son Jesus, so there would be an embodiment of what God is all about in a person. Jesus, and we call him the Christ. His name was really Jesus from Nazareth. That would be his full name, the way we think of names now. But the, the title given to him, do him now, the Christ, is the eternal God that embodied that human being. And so he was indeed both God and man. He was the incarnation. He did take on flesh so he could take on the pain of flesh and the pain of suffering and meet you right where your suffering is and say, it's okay, I'm with you. I don't want to be alone in suffering. Nobody does. And really, you never are when you simply ask God to help you through it. And I think the answer to that prayer is quite often someone else who's walked that path. And that's why all of us need to have the courage to share it some way in appropriate ways and in appropriate settings what we're going through, what we're facing. Because that way someone else, oh wow, you're going through that too? Oh, thank you. Just the knowledge that someone else has been there makes you feel a whole lot less alone. I could have chosen to not say anything about this cancer diagnosis, and you never would have known it because it didn't affect me. I could have said, hey, I have to go away for a week, you know, and you know, I'm going to take some time off. Just want to rest and, you know, a mini sabbatical. <laughs> and just disappear, have the surgery, come back. And look at me, I'm talking now, everything's fine. But God can use my suffering to help someone else in theirs. And he can use yours too. That's what the body of Christ is all about. When one part suffers, the rest go, ah, oh, too bad? <laughs> no! When one part suffers, we all suffer. When one part rejoices, we all rejoice. Last night at the other church, we, um, we had a celebration. Uh, if you have ever been over at the St. John's Church, I know a few of you have, or sometimes we've done a few things together over the years, not a lot, but you might have met a guy named Jerry. Uh, Jerry is a, a, an, an older man, a little bit hunched over, and he always has a smile, he always wants to help, but he also stutters when he talks. So, but he, he's such a great heart. Well, Jerry announced to us a few months ago that he's, he's moving. And... Um, He's going to live with his sister in, in uh, North Carolina. And so as, <laughs> so as we um, 
heard this news, right away, the Sunday he said it, several people said, after the service, Pastor, we got to do something for Jerry. We got to do something for Jerry. This is, oh, yeah, we'll do that. So at, long story short, we had a party last night, a surprise party for Jerry. And he was, just so, he was really happy, and it was a joy. See, when the body celebrates, we all feel good about it, don't we? Like, you even felt good even if you didn't know him. You're smiling. You see, that's what the body of Christ is about. Because the suffering, the end product of suffering, when you follow through with perseverance and let your character build, it reinforces hope. The enemy doesn't win. The enemy thinks that, ah, Paul, you're going to have cancer, and that's going to knock you down. It's going to destroy you. Ha! I don't think so. Not this day. This is the day the Lord has made, and I choose to rejoice. I choose to persevere. I choose to let the character be rebuilt and built stronger, and I choose hope. Do you? Do you choose hope today on this Palm Sunday? So I hope my story and the, and the connection with these verses from, from Romans 5 is, is, has touched you somewhere today. And we're going to go to the table in a moment and share together about the body of Christ and the blood of Christ and what that means. But right now, let's, let's, let's pray. And Jesus, thank you for hope. Hope founded in you. And the path to that hope is suffering. You suffered so we could have hope. And as we suffer, you don't reject us. You don't leave us there dead in the ditch. You pick us up and help us as we turn to you. And you put us on that path, the perseverance of character, so we too can know deeper and deeper ways what hope is all about. Founded in you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I welcome all of you to uh, join us at the table.